Welcome back to Overdue. I'm Mrs. Watts, your Annex Librarian. And I'm Coach Hill, your Main Building Librarian. In today's episode, we have some exciting news. All right, before we talk about our books, we have some news about the library. That's right. And singular. Yes. The library. The library. Um, So after, I don't know why I can't talk this morning. Well, you're not feeling well. I'm not feeling well. Um, We've been talking with our admin about um, making the most of our library resources, programs, and just making BDP library the best it can be, right? right? For so, the students of White House High School and the yeah, teachers of White House absolutely. High School. absolutely. And it, yes, like you said, to serve our students better than um, we've been able to so far. And so we've made a lot of changes since we took these roles. We have. This is the end of our fourth year. Yeah. Both of us, we started at the same time. And yes, there's been a lot of major yes. uh, things that we've done. And I think every change has been to um, better our services to our students. I would um, agree. And so- this is the same thing um, or the same effort and motivation. And so we are going to take everything in the Annex Library and join it with everything you have in the main library. That's correct. Um, and we'll no longer have the the terms main library nope. and Annex Library. It'll just be BDP Library, right. which is very exciting. And it'll be in the main building. Mm-hmm. So all of our resources will be able to be found in the main building. Um and the space that is now the Annex Library will become a learning lab. So I don't think we're going to call it that, right? Yeah. The White House Learning Lab. White House Learning Lab. And we're excited. It's going to have a lot of potential for our classes. You know, it gets used mostly for um, teachers to come in and do different learning experiences mm-hmm. that you can't do in a traditional classroom. So the hope is to encourage more of that and um, more collaboration between yeah. teachers, co-planning and co-teaching. It's just, it's a great space for um What's the word? Just collaborative learning experiences, sure. I feel like. And maybe uh, remove, if there was this feeling, remove any feeling of, you know, not wanting to come in here to do that because you're uh, maybe in some way encroaching mm-hmm. on the library space. Even right. Though, you know, even though you love having the classes in here. Yeah. There could be some hesitation out there of, you know, I don't want to use this space because it's also this. Right. Um, and now it'll have kind of this, I don't want to say sole purpose because it can be used in many, many ways, mm-hmm. but it'll have this sole purpose of being used for big groups. Right. Well, and we've talked about too, the library, one or both, often has to be closed for various things we have to go do. Sure. And this way- We have way, other responsibilities in the school right. besides just uh, maintaining the space. Right. Even just to collaborate with one another to right. to make sure we're aligned. There's um, some things we can do over the phone. Right. There's some things we can do on a shared Google Doc, but there's also a number of things that are just better when we're- face-to-face and talking and and working together. So um, the hope is that the library will very rarely have to be closed um, because there will only be one space and there will be two people to alternate between that and the learning lab. Um, So it's very exciting. I cannot wait um, to get started. Same. Yeah, it'll be good. We've already been kind of mapping out our our first steps here to try to make it efficient, an efficient move. Absolutely, yeah. I, I really can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be good. Um, so I've got two books to kind of talk about. I'm going to start with Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. This is one that I kind of came across. It was unintentional in um, the White House Library. And I can't say a lot about it because it's really just a book about finding out what your personal dream is based on the gifts you have or um, 
the values in your life and then chasing after it kind of without regard for the safety that we um, just kind of long for in life. You know, I think I said before, he really, um, the author really talks a lot about trying not to arrive safely at the end of our life and to take chances and dig in and um, just starting, just going, just investing like an hour a day into something you love and letting your gifts grow and letting that kind of just form a trajectory into something you're really passionate about. It was a great book. Um, Again, that's Chase the Lion, Mark Batterson. You don't have to be specific, but did it motivate you to either do something differently or think about doing something differently or look at something differently? I think it just um, encouraged me to pay attention more to, I'm going to call it like a dream moment, like kind of where you're just idealizing what you would love your life to look like or mean or be a part of and kind of to not brush those off so quickly. Um, Just stay there and maybe like play with that idea for a little bit. So it was really good. Um, The other book I had was my last VSBA book for battle of the books. And it is needlework by Julia Watts. Um, I can see why this book was chosen for the list. I feel like they are choosing books that provide a different lens or outlook or just touch on a subject that's, um, I don't know what word I'm looking for. I can see why it was chosen. I struggle, and I told you already to talk about it because there's just a lot in this book. So I'm going to kind of um, not try to hit on everything. I'm just going to focus on Cody, our main character, and kind of um, what I found out about him through this book. So Cody is a teenager in rural Appalachian, um, like Kentucky. He lives with his grandmother, who's called Nanny, and his stepbrother, Caleb, kind of comes into his life every now and then. He lives with his uncle, so he's not a constant presence in their home. His mother um, lives in a a trailer in the holler, and she is opioid addicted and um, kind of comes in and out of their lives as she needs something or as she's kind of strung out and not really sure where she is, but Cody is a teenage boy in this setting um, who also is gay and enjoys um, or he kind of has this this point in the day where he has some alone time and he he kind of channels um, like the old female country singers like Loretta and Dolly and all of that and they're, they're kind of his safe space and um, and so we learn in the beginning of the book, kind of Cody's life and his safe space are, are these country singers and his nanny is a constant and kind of the person that raised him. Um, so their relationship is really strong. His mother's relationship is really broken. Cody takes on a lot of responsibility, as you could guess, just holding his people together and, um, just grappling with those hard things as a teenager, you're naturally going to develop some maturity. I feel like, um, his best friend is LJ. They go to church together. And um, a little bit into the book, someone reaches out to him who is a um, pretty close piece in his life that he was completely unaware of. He has a stepsister who lives in Knoxville, Tennessee, who has found him um, and wants to connect with him. And so that aspect 
threatens his relationship with his grandmother um, because his grandmother knew about it and kept it from him. So there's the secret that he learns about. Um, and they try to, they try to get to know each other and kind of build these relationships back at the same time. He's trying to build this relationship with this person. Um, his mom decides to try and come off drugs and he is the person that's taking care of her through that. And so Cody's dealing with a lot. He's trying to find himself. Um, I, I really I know I'm not doing a good job of explaining this book, but this is, is the title. Um, you know, I see the syringe on the cover. Is it, yeah. is it called that just because of the addiction or is it kind of a play on words? So it's a play on words that I kind of struggled to see the connection in the story. Um, okay. So one like, of does the, it have to do with knitting or something? It does. So his mom, his grandmother, nanny, um, they crochet and knit and they, they do these things together. Um, I think that kind of plays into this, the relationship that they have of her really being the caretaker and bonding with him. And, but it doesn't really, I feel it's not integral. It doesn't talk about it much in the book. Like it, we don't, we don't see them having conversations in those moments or anything. It's just kind of noted here and there. So I understand the connection, but I don't feel like it was really woven throughout. Okay. Like I like like you said as an integral part. Um, so a student walked down the hall as as I was waiting on you to get here and just said, "Why this sour look on your face?" And and honestly, it it was. I was trying to figure out what to say about this book. There's just so much in it, and um, I don't know what to say about it. It had a really. If I were a teenager, there's so much to grapple with, and I and I don't know. It's a great window or mirror. Um, I just feel like it's a really, really heavy thing that you see when you look into it. And I, I don't know what else to say about it. It is a good book. It just, it's just a lot. Um, and so I will be curious, honestly, to talk with our Battle of the Books crew and get get their input because I feel like sometimes as an adult I can maybe um, forget that it's just a story or you know. So sure. anyway. That's fair. That was a lot and not well organized, That's but... That's okay. That's what happens um, sometimes. Yeah. So I would love to hear what you were reading. Yeah. So I talked about it um, on our last episode. Uh, we were contacted um, about this book uh, and asked to read it and talk about it on the pod. So that's what I'm doing with this episode. Uh, this is Annie Abbott and the Druid Stones by uh, daughter and father team, Isabel and Michael Nelson. Um so let me let me talk about what the book's about first, I think, mm-hmm. um, and then I'll talk about my experience reading it. Okay. So, um, so let me start with this. Before you get into the actual story, there's a little bit of a blurb about about the father and daughter in real life, uh, their relationship and how they would go um, on adventures and go see different parts of the country, um, and that they were very educational, not necessarily uh, in an academic sense, although that's not. That the, although that is true, but just mm-hmm. just kind of a growing and, and uh, thing, and, and being aware uh, perhaps of the world around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this book is very much uh, an homage to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the book opens really quickly with uh, the discovery of these stones uh, in the attic, um, along with some other uh, like 
memories, like artifacts uh, from from prior generations of their family. The book is also about a father and a daughter primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, the father's name is Mike. The daughter is Annie. She's 12 years old. Um, so along with these things that they find in the attic, they also find this diary uh, from, a, I believe, a great-grandfather okay. um, that is kind of talking about the stones and what they are, except not really. Like, it's it's more alluding to the fact that uh, these mean something, but okay. doesn't quite say what. Um, and so it sends them, you know, with some clues, I guess, it sends them on an adventure okay, uh, to go find out what the heck these things are that they just found in the corner of the attic. So... Uh, while this is happening, you know, because because they found these things from prior generations of their family, mm-hmm. uh, Annie begins to learn uh, about her lineage and her heritage um, and finds out pretty quickly that that is a lot more than what you would expect just learning about the generations that came before you. Um, the book moves very fast uh, from piece to piece. I, I almost want to use the word quest because it, I don't know if that's too extreme of a word or yeah. not, but it kind of, and, and it is a fantasy novel. So mm-hmm. I feel like maybe that word is a, is a little more It seems more, like it would fit. Uh, I haven't read here. it, but yeah. But, you know, they, they go from this, this piece of the story to the next piece of the story with, with these different but related tasks that they have to almost complete to try to figure out kind of the mystery, you know, ultimately of what these stones were uh, along the way, of course, um, there's a lot that's happening in between and he continues to find out who she really is and the significance of that, uh, more specifically the significance of that in a world that she did not know existed before. Okay. Um, and like I said, uh, this is a fantasy novel, uh, and it's got many fantasy elements in it. I've got witches, elves, uh, druids, uh, creatures from the underworld, um, and as I was reading, I was I was getting hints or notes of Narnia, mm-hmm. of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, even uh, something in there reminded me, because I just remember jotting it down, something there reminded me of A Wrinkle in Time. Um, there's magic, there's folklore, there's mythology, um, and there's even some religion kind of sprinkled in there, mm-hmm. uh, among other things um, that, that are probably eluding me at the moment. Um, but all that again is, is in this story that is the the reason it contains so many things is, or that it can, uh, is because it does have kind of these separate tasks or quests that they're completing Mm -hmm. along the way. And so they just continue to uncover, Annie continues to uncover more and more about this world. Fairies is one that I forgot, uh, that she's, that she's suddenly learning all about and, and learning how central her role is, uh, in that world. I would say that the book uh, in some way kind of culminates with a, with I'll I'll say a final boss. Uh, Although, although they're not necessarily working towards that Mm -hmm. in the book, there's kind of this, and and maybe it's just the end of the last quest and I'm, and I'm mischaracterizing it as a final boss, Right. but there's definitely kind of this um, final thing that they do to, to related to the stones. Okay. That said, uh, after after that's complete, there there's probably twenty or thirty more pages left that definitely lead into a sequel. Like there's gonna be another book. Okay. Um, and I think I may have even been told that when we were when we were first contacted. I, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So I had a hard time 
uh, starting the book. Right. Uh, and it's not anything to do with the book. Uh, it's for me the fact that I think primarily, I don't, I don't think it's wrong to characterize this book as a middle grade book. Mm-hmm. And I just haven't read that in in quite a while. Yeah. Um, once I got into the rhythm, no issue. But I was coming off of uh, not even YA, coming off of an adult book. Yeah. Uh, That's a big And shift. then I went down to middle grade. And I, again, it's just something that I don't read regularly or often or ever in mm-hmm. the last couple of years. Well, I'm imagining too, like you thinking about, like we think about what we're reading. And so if you're thinking about this and like, this is different, this is different. Right. And so tr- kind of having that switch flipped in your mind. Yeah. And I, I reminded myself, uh, you know, Annie's 12. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that she's going to process all of this stuff that she's having to process is mm-hmm. going to be different than Absolutely. a teenager yeah. or an adult. Um, there's no, there's no inferences to be made. And mm-hmm. I think, I think that's a characteristic of middle grade is that Annie says, uh, exactly what she's thinking and feeling mm-hmm. again, kind of along the lines of not having to make any inferences as the reader. It's, sure. it's just all out there. Yeah. Um, and once I made that mental adjustment, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was able to to, to read on. Yeah. Um, but that was just something that I was aware of as the reader, as yeah. I was reading. Yeah. Uh, but that was Annie Abbott and the Druid Stones. And that was uh, a cool opportunity, too. A very cool opportunity. Yeah. Uh, again, by by father-daughter team, Isabel uh, and Michael Nelson. So uh, we'll take a quick break here and talk about what we're reading next. But first, uh, we have another book preview um, from a White House High School student, this time uh, from Easton Sims reading Clutch Hitter by Claire B. Uh, the passage that was chosen was chosen because it gives context for what Chip is doing to get into football uh, and shows his actions and words when talking with his friends. And the music track that was picked to play behind that was picked because it reminded Easton of a fresh summer day, and that's the season that the book is mostly in. Cool. Hello, this is Easton. And I am going to talk to you about the book Clutch Hitter by Claire B. The book follows Chip Hilton in his junior year of high school. He wants to play baseball and football. He plays baseball right now and wants to get in shape to play football in his next year of high school. He does this by working at the Man Steelers um, Steel Factory and at Valley Halls High. He starts to suck at pitcher position so he moves to the outfield. He sucks so much that he stays in the outfield until he's in the major leagues. I am going to read you a section at page, starting at the beginning of chapter 3, page 20. Chip was on the 8 to 4 day shift, and the clock registered 7.50 a.m. On his time card, when he filed through the plant gate, as he made his way to the yard office, Chip looked around hoping to see a familiar face. One or two workmen nodded to him, but he did not recognize them. However, at the yard office, he was successful. 
One of the outfitters he had seen that evening before at the ballpark greeted Chip with a cheerful hi-ya. What you doing here in the yard, Chip? Porting for work. Do you know where I can find Mr. Miller? Jake Miller? Sure. He's in the office over there. You gonna work in the yard? Chip told him he specifically asked for a job in the yard because he wanted to work outdoors. Chip and other friendly outfielders hit it off right from the start, and the two were soon taking it in a free and easy way. Chip warned that Bobby Barber knew everyone in the yard. Chip could tell from the way he talked that that husky, good-looking barber got a kick out of everything he did and had the ability to infect everything around him and make everyone feel that same good feeling. Bar Bobby Barber was just under six foot and 190 pounds. He carried was a solidly packed on his strong frame. His blue eyes seemed to be amused most of the time, and Chip soon found himself laughing at Bobby's easy-going approach. Then Chip realized who Barber was. He was a player who yelled at something when Buster Dillon's eyesight was evening before when the grouchy catcher had been at bat. Gunner Kirk hadn't bothered to introduce Chip to the rest of the team, but this was one teammate Chip had liked, even before they actually met. Okay, next up for me uh, is a book that I've looked at a lot. Right, I, I, This book's been out not too long. I think I bought it at the end of last school year, um, and it's been on the shelf, obviously. Uh, this book has a lot of hype around it, uh, including winning the National Book Award, winning the Prince Award, winning the Boston Globe Horn Book Award. Nice. Um, and I've known that it's, you know, widely and highly acclaimed. It's just, we have so many books to choose from that it just, I was never quite, I think I've picked it up once or twice and ended yeah. up putting it back. And now I feel like I'm, I'm, for whatever reason, I don't know, I really know very little about it, but yeah, I, uh, I'm honestly, ready to read it. From the cover, I couldn't tell you what it's about at all. Yeah. And I do know a little bit of the story. Like mm -hmm. not, I, I shouldn't say story. I know generally some topics in it. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyways, that book is all my rage by Sabah Tahir. Um, and I'm excited for it. God, you know, I just, I just, I'm coming off now of this fantasy novel. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is, this is from my understanding, anything but that. Okay. So I feel like might hit like, me a little bit. We'll see. Yeah. I we'll feel see. like you're being last time I said I was ready for something to hit me. I read um, when we were yours, oh, that adult yeah. novel about the Tennessee yes. children home society or whatever but, it was called. Mm -hmm. And like, was like crying every 12 pages. So uh, I don't know if I'm getting myself into a are similar you, situation. Are you anticipating something similar? I'm not anticipating something similar, but I'm anticipating something a lot more serious than what I just read. Okay. This is what I'm saying. I'm, uh, and I'm almost want something a little more serious than what I just read. I'm kind of going the opposite direction, man. So, Miss Green, um, she's a big reader, and she gave me a book that she had just finished. And she's like, I don't keep books once I'm done with them. So um, I haven't decided if we're going to add it to our library or not, but it's called Live in Love, Growing Together Through Life's Changes. It's very much a biography um, from Thomas Rhett's wife. And so I'm not actually a big modern country music fan. Yeah, nor am I. Like um, when you said Thomas Rhett, it took me a second to realize who that was. Yeah. Because I was just about to say. 
Who's, Who's that? that? And then I yeah. Realized it. No, I, it's just not what I listened to. But um, she said it was really good. Obviously, it's going to be the story of their life, and um, I am not anticipating it to be super heavy, but more of just like a, this is what life is like for sure. us, and um, kind of looking forward to that. You know, the the previous book was a lot to grapple with for. My, my heart. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that change and looking forward to, um, yeah, talking about it. Yeah. Right now it's time for us to check out. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at BDP underscore library and share us with a friend. Don't forget to check back with us every other Wednesday for the next episode of Overdue. Make time to read. Thanks for listening.